0: Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. We continue our look at the top stories of 2021. We'll take a look now in the field of bioethics. What were the big stories? And with us uh, to chart those stories is uh, Wes Smith. Wes is uh, chair and senior fellow at the Discovery Institute's Center on Human Exceptionalism. He's a consultant to the Patients' Rights Council and the author of 13 books. You can follow him on Twitter at TheWesleyJSmith.com. And check out his articles at National Review, First Things, and other places. And, of course, we have uh, his work linked to our site as well. Wes, thanks for joining me today.
1: Oh, thank you. And, by the way, my greatest sympathies for the loss of your mother.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Uh, I, I, she, was, um, she gave me life. She gave me new life when she had me baptized. And then uh, she actually showed me that a good death was achievable, and for me that was a real gift from her. So, yeah.
1: you know that my father did that for me as well, and really? I think yeah. that's an important an important thing. Is that um, sometimes the best, the last, and best thing we can do for our children is to teach them how to die with with true dignity, right. which means surrounded by people with love and accepting uh, what comes with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, Speaking of those who have uh, passed from this world, you wrote uh, an obit for uh, uh, Mike Marker, uh, the uh, president, the past president of the Patients' Rights Council, uh, longtime husband of Rita Marker. I didn't know Mike, but I I knew Rita and interviewed her quite often, and I've run into her son quite a bit when I've been traveling. But uh, tell me about Mike, Mike Marker.
1: Yeah, Mike was a a very special guy. Uh, He was more, uh, in more recent years, a behind-the-scenes guy, but he was the president of the Patients' Rights Council, which, of course, has for many years advocated against euthanasia and assisted suicide, uh, against things such as taking away the feeding tube of Terry Schiavo and this kind of thing, educating people, educating nursing homes, uh, personnel, educating doctors, uh, traveling on campuses, and Rita Marker, who many of your listeners will know, of course uh, was the face of the patient's rights council. But mm-hmm. you might say that Mike was the heart. Yeah. Uh he yeah. was he was he was behind the scenes um after <laughs> interestingly, he used to be the face of the patient's rights council and Rita because Rita had stage fright and he helped her overcome the stage fright so that she wow. could become the the person who became the face and then he you know, he took care of all the business aspects. He he was also a uh, very good at you know the the work of glad handing, making people feel comfortable, fundraising, and this kind of thing. So, uh, a lot of people, uh, um, you know, will see nonprofit advocacy personnel, even me, for example, uh, with the Discovery Institute and so forth. I'm a consultant to Patients' Rights Council. But there are a lot of people who you never see who right. are also integral to the work. And Mike was was uh, heart and soul of the Patients' Rights Council.
0: Well, I wish I would had a chance to, to meet him. And it, it's hard for me to think of Rita uh, having stage fright.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, I know, but... She, and she still does, actually, but she, she thinks the work is so important she overcomes it. Yeah. She also doesn't like to fly, and yet she's gone all over the world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great.
1: Well, let's talk about
0: some of the other big stories in the field of bioethics. Last year, um, we, we just had recently this story of a, a pig to human heart transplant. Um, tell us uh, why that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, you know, it's very interesting right now, uh, as I'm sure all your listeners know, there's a huge waiting list, uh, for organs, uh, and because organ transplant medicine has just improved so tremendously that more people can benefit from it. At the same time, uh, it used to be that a lot of organ donors are people with serious head injuries, but we've had much more, uh, increase in safe, auto safety and other kinds of safety procedures so that there might even be fewer, and that's a good thing, obviously, yeah. people who suffer such catastrophic injuries. Well, that's led some to some people to promote very unethical and immoral approaches. Uh, example, uh, some people who are well off will go to China. Rather than stand in line, they will... Uh, uh, Buy an organ, let's say, for $100,000 and get it after a week. The problem with that is the, quote, donor, close quote, is probably a Falun Gong or other political prisoner who was tissue-typed and is murdered uh, to supply the organ for the purchaser. Uh, And and that is something that is a a tremendous evil that gets uh, too little attention, but it's really very clear that this is happening now. Uh, other things, people are saying, well, let's just do away with the dead donor rule so we can, if, with consent, uh, obtain organs from people who are in comas or persistent uh, unconsciousness, this kind of thing. Or even people who are disabled and want to or, do, donate organs so we can, the, the means of death would be the organ procurement. That's not being done, but it's being proposed. Uh, and so this, uh, this um, pig breakthrough is a potential. Uh, alleviation of that pressure to move into immoral uh, areas. Uh, what they did is they, they uh, have been working on this for some time, putting some human genes into the pigs so that the pig organs will not be rejected if they're transplanted as readily as they would normally. Uh, pig organs actually are quite remarkably like human organs, and we already use uh, pig uh, heart valves, for example, right. in heart valve surgery. Yep. Uh, and and some other kinds of things. So what the what the scientists did is a gentleman uh, was dying, uh, and uh, this was uh, under compassionate use, which is a law I think that was passed under President Trump that allows when there's a, um, you know, the only way to save a life is to try something experimental that can be done. So this was permitted, and the, the pig organ, the pig heart, uh, was put in this, man, it's been about three weeks and he's still going. Uh, so And he hasn't rejected the heart, and uh, so there's a real potential here. Wow. Now, there's a caveat, a, a safety issue. Um, it's, there's a potential for a pork orcine virus to leap the species barrier in this manner. Mm. And so there, great care has to be done because if if that should happen, there could be a pig flu outbreak that we have no um, resistance to. Oh, my. So that's something yeah. that, is, that they've been thinking about. But but so it's still going to be some time away, and they have to to check on that, and make sure that's not happening, and so forth. But this is a a potential uh, panacea, let's say in five to ten years for this organ shortage.
0: Wow, that's great. That is good news. Uh, let's talk about some of the other big stories. Uh, the World Medical Association in uh, their plan to gut medical conscience. What's uh, called there? Yes,
1: and it's not just the WHO. Um, you have, I believe, the Biden administration is pushing a gutting of medical conscience, and you have the state of California doing so. Uh, in California, for example, there's a, a very important case. It's called Dignity Health. And Dignity Health is a Sacramento Catholic hospital. And a uh, patient had uh, uh, created a, a time to have a hysterectomy, and then the patient called a representative and said, well, you know this is a transgender surgery. So the Catholic Hospital said, we can't do it for two reasons. One, it would be taking out a healthy organ, which is against... Catholic moral teaching right. in terms of health care. You cannot take out a healthy organ. You can take out an organ when there's a pathology, but not a healthy organ. Mm-hmm. And secondly, of course, it would sterilize the patient, which is against Catholic teaching. Right. This was not aimed at transgender per se. If a um, biological woman had come and said, you know, I want to have a hysterectomy because I don't want to get pregnant, the hospital would have said no too right. uh, in the same fashion. While the uh, they even actually helped the patient obtained a referral to another hospital. It took about three days. But, of course, guess what? The patient sued. Uh, the trial court said, no, 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 this is freedom of religion. But the Court of Appeals, this is really frightening, said, no. The UNRU Act, which is what the law is, says that it's against the law to discriminate based on sexual identity. That's what has happened here, even though the dignity health principles had nothing to do with sexual identity right, per se. Right, right. And so we are going to permit this case to go forward. The Supreme Court of California said, yep, we're letting the case go forward. It was brought to the United States Supreme Court on a petition for rid of certiorari, and the the court sat on it a long time, and I was hopeful they'd take the case because this is a real infringement with the free exercise of religion, but they rejected the case. So now it's a matter of how much will the jury award if anything, to the hospital. And, and this is California. If the jury awards, let's say, two or three million dollars, you might find that Catholic hospitals face to either um, pay these incredible damages, forced to uh, adopt secular approaches to health care, or close. Another thing that's happening in California. Is UC Health? That's the University of California Healthcare System. They have a series of hospitals, but they're not in enough places to serve all of the people who benefit. Uh, on these are Medicaid patients often. Uh, so the UC Health has an um, affiliated with Catholic hospitals around the state, and they have said we're dropping it as of 2023 unless these Catholic hospitals permit everything that's allowed in a secular hospital. Well, the, who's going to be hurt by that? The people that the Catholic hospital serves that can't get to a UC Health right. system hospital, yeah, but right. they don't care because ideology comes first.
0: So this is a form of institutional martyrdom.
1: <laughs> well, you you could call it that, yeah. and it's also coercion. We are we yeah. are. You have the secular ideologues who really want the abortions done in in Catholic hospitals sterilizations done in Catholic hospitals, assisted suicide done in Catholic hospitals, coerced into doing this, and the the coercion is, uh, A, lawsuits and and loss of a lot of money, and B, threats to poor people who won't be able to get good health care. So it's a really... uh, despicable thing. Coercion breeds distrust, and it, and it breeds um, division. And that's what UC system is doing and what I think this lawsuit is doing.
0: Do you know why the Supreme Court uh, needs four justices to, you know, uh, obtain a hearing? Do you know why only uh, Thomas, Gorsuch, and Alito were willing to take the case? I would have thought this was a case of great importance uh, to other justices as well.
1: I, no, you know, they don't give you their reason. Right, I know. But yeah. It's 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 possible that they're saying, Well, you know, we can't we're not going to take this case now because nothing technically has happened other than the requirement of a defense. Uh and maybe if there's a large verdict they'll look at again. I don't know. Yeah, but here's okay. the problem. The Smith case, which was uh written by uh, Scalia back in the 90s, says that if a law is of general uh, applicability, meaning it's not aimed at at a particular religion, and even though it violates the religious beliefs of of the people of that religion, that does not violate the Free uh, Exercise Clause of the First Amendment. This was a terrible decision, uh, and that's why the Religious Freedom Restoration Act was passed, was to return jurisprudence uh, in in the freedom of religion to what it had been before, that you have to have a compelling state interest, in, right. and when you're uh, doing that, but guess what? The Biden administration and the Democratic Congress is trying to gut the Religious Freedom Restoration Act and some of the legislation that has been endorsed, passed by the House, not the Senate, and endorsed by the by the president. So the, it really is a fraught time for religious freedom, particularly health Catholic healthcare in this country right now.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I'm hoping that they'll, uh, we, we'll wait and see how this works out. I, I'm
1: yeah. We people have to fight for the for Catholic healthcare, yep. whether or not they're Catholic. Yep. This is a matter of religious freedom, and if we're not allowed to have the kind of differences that we supposedly celebrate in this country, then we're in big trouble. If you're going to impose a particular secular ideology. Um, you're also going to start telling doctors when they're, they're asked for an abortion that they have to perform them. You're going to force nurses to participate in abortion or assisted suicide. So, this is something that uh, is, is a huge issue, I think, going forward in
0: 2022. Yeah. Wes, thanks. Good talking with you again and giving us this so good. Uh, again, Wes Smith, uh, we have all the information linked at our site at Alvin Maria Radio. Dot net, but uh, again, Wes's work—he's one of those people you want to stay in touch with because he stays uh, right on top of all these bioethical stories. I'm Al Crestler.